Good morning, everybody. Morning. Welcome. We're glad that you are here this morning. It's uh, great to be together in God's house and to worship the Lord together, and uh, we're glad that you're here today. Uh, we welcome our guests especially. You are very important to us, and uh, we're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship the Lord together. Uh, a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if everyone, everyone would uh, take that and fill it out and uh, pass it down the row so others down the row can fill it out as well. And, and especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter that comes out every Thursday, please be sure to put your um, email address on there and we'll be certain to get you on the list and you can be up on all the activities and opportunities here at Community Baptist Church. A few other things, um, we are going to be having a meeting right after the worship service of uh, parents of any of our children and our children's team um, and anybody interested in our children's ministry here at Community Baptist Church. Uh, as you know from last week, we've just hired Kristen Main as our children's ministry director and, and uh, we're going to be having a little forum, a little parents forum. To, uh, to hear what you have to say and uh, to generate some ideas of uh, what our children's ministry will look like. And so uh, if you would like to stay, we would encourage you to stay after the worship service. We'll have a light lunch served, and, um, and I think Chris is going to do something with the kids. Uh, and so we'll just have a good time and uh, be sharing with each other uh, some thoughts about our children's ministry. Last uh, Wednesday began our Lenten lunch series. Uh, we had a nice uh, service and lunch at uh, First Christian Church last Wednesday. This Wednesday we will continue that and throughout the season of Lent. Uh, this week we will be uh, having our Lenten lunch at First United Methodist Church. That will begin with a brief service at 12 o'clock on Wednesday and uh, then with a lunch afterwards. And that's always a great time to gather together with uh, the community of Christ throughout the, the whole community of, uh, of Henderson. And so we encourage you to be a part of that. That's at First United Methodist this week, and we will be hosting it next week. Uh, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. Um, one other uh, announcement here. Um, Dorothy and Dottie asked me to make this announcement, our office managers, because their life has been made much easier this week. Uh, thank you to Judy Nelson, who has uh, contributed uh, some uh, office furniture, some much-needed <coughs> office furniture. Uh, the desk that we had in the office there was about to fall apart, and Judy donated a, a wonderful desk. And thanks to Bill Hudson and Bob Crafton and Frank Knight for helping us to pick it up and, and to uh, deliver that. And uh, also thanks to Nibby, who has uh, uh, updated our computer. Um, and it's running better than it ever has. You know, beforehand, I, I'd hear this grumbling coming around from, from the inside office, and I'm not saying that there was any actual cussing going on in there, but, <laughs> Just grumbling, huh? but there were times when it came awfully close. It was a close call, so thanks, Nibby, for uh, updating our computer. And <laughs> Did I say that? I'm sorry. You know, last week in, a, in um, 
in my sermon, I was talking about the stories that we all have to tell. And if you remember, I, at the very beginning, I was talking about some of the fish stories. You know, people, fishermen are, are always notorious for our fish stories. And I talked about some of our church members were off last Sunday fishing in Florida. So, Mark, do you have any stories to tell us? Uh, yes, it was cold. <laughs> Everybody's asking, did you catch any fish? Yeah, we caught a few. And uh, if uh, Greg will put this up, we had one guy caught a large one. <laughs> I mean, he caught the biggest fish. He's King Fisherman. That's Mr. Sammy Williams right there. He wanted to bring it home and mount it, but, but uh, Larry and I wouldn't let him. <laughs> Good he, one, Sammy. He was really proud of that, too. <laughs> we had bait bigger than that. <laughs> we did. We are proud of you, Sammy. We're really proud of you. <laughs> it's good that we can, uh, we can laugh together and, and uh, share that time together. And uh, let's share a time of greeting with one another. Let's stand and shake the hands of people around you. Yeah. 
time is in his hands Beginning and the end Beginning and the end The Godhead three in one Father, Spirit, and Son Lion and the Lamb Lion and the great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Name above all names, worthy of all praise. My heart will sing how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. My heart will sing how great, how great. Is our God? How great is our God? Sing with me, how great is our God? And all will see how great, how great is our God. All God's people said. Come on down, children. Come on down. your first names we will eventually but I want you to know mine okay I've got something I want you to do for me in fact I think I'm going to ask everybody here to do this now it's going to be harder for some than others okay are you ready everybody smile <laughs> smile pastor look isn't that a sight Woo! smiles look at it isn't that wonderful and usually with smiles, you can quit now. I know it's hard for some of you guys. That's all right. Smiles usually mean to me that we've got a good feeling about life. Things going on right now make you, if it's good, they make you smile. Now, I understand that that isn't always the case. And we're going to have times that smiles are very, very hard to come by. But I do believe that if you truly count your blessings, now we're going to talk about that word today, you can't help but smile. You're going to smile, right? Okay, now, a blessing is good things that happen to us. Thinking of God given, God given to us, good things. Now, you also can bless people. See, this is my teacher coming out in me. It can be a thing. It can be a verb. Anyway, uh, you can bless people by doing good things. What I like to look at is the way we describe people as being blessed. Now, we are blessed people. Yes, we are. We are truly blessed. Now, where is the most common place in your life, an everyday thing most families do, where you have a blessing? Where? Where do you have a blessing? At what time? When do you sit down and... 24 hours a day. Good deal. Good. Oh, I like that answer. But when we sit down and eat, when do you say, God is great, God is good? Now we think, 
we bless the food. We, it's our idea of we ask that God bless to our nourishment of our bodies, okay? I'll tell you another funny one. Okay, here goes. Bless you. I tell you, get blessed when you sneeze. Uh, sometimes. And then songs. We're going to sing a song here in a minute. Count your many blessings. Count. All right. Can you count them? All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a blessing in my life, and then I'm going to ask Max. You ready? I'm going to put you on the spot. I am blessed with great friends. Now, I, can you finish that line? I am blessed with... Yes, great friends because they're nice. What else in our lives can we look at as a blessing? Ourselves. That we are here doing what we're doing. We're blessing. What else? <coughs> family. Family. Sydney? Sharing love. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sharing love. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's wonderful, Sydney. Yes, sir. All right. Golly, Moses, they're way ahead of me. That Jesus died on the cross, this young man says. Is that a message right there? I don't think we have to have a sermon. Ah, nah, nah, that's pretty good. Yes. Yes. Okay, so as the preacher, as Pastor Tim today, he's going to be on positive attitudes and blessings. This week, as we tend to frown and get down, that we can smile and be grateful for the many, many blessings that we do have. I am going to send you off today with just a couple, you know, prayers, blessings, they're famous ones. But there's some that just because they're famous and well-known doesn't take away from what they mean to all of us. Here's one. used to sing this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord grant you peace. Another one, good old Irish one. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Yes, sir. What is it? Thank you for the food, amen. All right. I send you on the way. As a former pastor uh, that we love, and Reverend Allen would always say, blessings on you. Have a good week. Stand and sing hymn number 644, Count Your Blessings.
You may be seated. Our scripture reading for today comes from the first book of the Bible, from Genesis, the 15th chapter and the first six verses. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. And then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. This is the word of God for you and for me. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Enter among us this day, O God, where we have barren faith. We pray that you would perform your miracle of truth. Where we are barren of love, perform your miracle of grace. Where we are barren of energy, we pray that you would perform your miracle of renewal. And where we are barren of hope, we pray that you would show us that in you there is the promise of goodness even in the difficulties of life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. You remain seated for our offertory hymn, please.
I have a, um, a story I want to share just quickly with you. Um, I did a sleep study on a gentleman this week that shared something with me that meant so much to me, and I thought, how, self how selfish of me not to share with you this story, because it has to do with tithing. Um, he was a patient from the uh, VA clinic, and he, sa he said to me, he said, I don't know where you are with your spiritual life. He said, I don't know anything about you. He said, but I want to share something with you. And I said, okay. And he said, um, I've spent a lot of time in the Word. I've spent a lot of time in churches, um, a lot of time in Bible studies. And he said, um, I always thought that there was still something that was putting something between me and God. And he said, um, through uh, my study and through reading the Bible, I finally realized that it was, it was through um, obedience and tithing and um, how I could show my faith through tithing by saying I don't have a lot to give but I give as much as I can to the point that it's a sacrifice to me and I have enough faith in you to know that tomorrow you're going to take care of me and I thought that was pretty moving to me that a man that's on a fixed um, income felt the need to share that with me to say that's how much faith I have in my God that I can give on a, you know, as a sacrifice and I have that faith in, in him that he's going to take care of me tomorrow and I just wanted to share that with you all because it meant so much to me let us pray Heavenly Father I just thank you so much for what you give us for the life that you give us the freedom that you give us in our country and I thank you for all the ones that you put in our life that tell us these things, um, that kind of help us to move to another level with you. And I just ask that you be with those who are suffering and in need and that you give our church the insight to be able to take these tithes and offerings to go out and show your love to everyone in the world. In your name I pray, amen.
What a beautiful song that is. Thank you. Um, a pastor friend of mine, Craig Shirouse, tells a story of uh, a three-year-old young boy named Ian Huff from Auburn, Washington. He says that Ian loves the story in the Bible of the time when God spoke to the boy Samuel. And so one night after his mother read uh, him that story once again she asked Ian if God had ever spoken to him and to her surprise he said yes and so his mother asked well what did God say to you and Ian thought about this and then he said in his deepest voice Ian go to bed <laughs> well I'm not sure if, if God told Ian to go to bed or not maybe it was his dad or somebody but but it does raise the question of whether God really does speak to people or not. What do you think? David uh, Holwick tells a story that appeared in the Los Angeles Times about a man named Bob Hafley. It seems that Hafley spent over 2,500 hours over a five-year period of time gluing together 65,000 toothpicks to build a life-size replica of Jesus. It hangs on a wire in his garage with a black backdrop, and it's illuminated by a spotlight. And what made Hayfley, a, a humble water department worker and a non-artist, start collecting toothpicks to build a life-size replica of Jesus? Well, he says that God told him to do it. According to Hayfley, God spoke to him one day while he was driving his truck down the road and told him to, to build a life-size replica of Jesus using toothpicks. And he may be right. I don't know. Maybe God did tell him to do that. But I have to confess to you today that I worry a little bit when people say to me that God told me to do such and such. When people say things like that, my initial reaction is to, is to be reminded of that t-shirt that says, you're just jealous because the voices only talk to me. <laughs> I remember when I was in college, one of my classmates was a, a deeply religious young man and, well, more than just a little bit odd. During spring break one year, a group of girls all went home with one of them to Florida. And this religious young man followed them to Florida, found out where they were, went to the house where they were staying, knocked on the door, and told one of these young ladies that God had told him that she was to be his wife. Now you have to keep in mind that these two people had never even been on a date before. And so this caught this, this young lady a bit off guard. So the young lady's response was, uh, to this young man was that God had not revealed this information to her. And until God decided to do so, he should leave her alone. Well, that young lady is currently very happily married to somebody other than that young man who God had supposedly spoken to. And so it makes me a little bit nervous when somebody says, God told me to do so-and-so. There have been people who have committed murder or suicide because allegedly God told them to do it. According to, to cult lead, leader Jim Jones, God told him to lead people to drink that cyanide-laced Kool-Aid and 909 men, women, and children are now dead because of it. And I'm sorry, but I have a hard time believing that God really spoke in that incident. And so it worries me when, when somebody says that God spoke to me and told me to do 
such and such. And yet, still, the question remains, does God speak to people? And I believe that the answer is yes. God once spoke to Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Dr. King once said that he didn't set out to be a leader of the civil rights movement. The truth was that, that he had only gone into the ministry but mostly because his father was a pastor and he always did what Daddy King said, what Daddy King wanted him to do. But what Martin really wanted in his life was to live a, the quiet life of a college professor. He dreamed of being the president of Morehouse College someday, but, but through an odd twist of events, as a young pastor, a very young pastor, he was thrust into the forefront of the Montgomery bus boycott. And one night, in the midst of the, of the community turmoil, in the midst of that boycott, he came home late one evening. He was tired and he was frightened. And then the telephone rang, rang and he picked it up. And an angry voice on the other end said, We're going to get you, you blankety-blank-blank. And the caller used the N-word. Well, this young pastor stood there in the kitchen, frozen by fear, and he, he wanted to call Daddy King for some reassurance and some advice, but Daddy King wasn't home, and so he stood there in his kitchen, almost shaking with fear. And then he heard what seemed to be a voice, but nobody else was in the room. And this is what the voice said. Martin, you do what's right. You stand up for justice. You be my drum major for righteousness, and I'll be with you. And from that point on, Martin Luther King Jr. knew what God wanted him to do. So does God speak to people today? Yes. I think sometimes God does. In fact, God spoke to a man named Abram. We know him mostly as Abraham, and, and according to the account in the book of Genesis, God took Abram outside and he said to him, look up to the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then God said to him, so shall your offspring be. And then the writer of Genesis adds these words, he said, Abram believed the Lord and God reckoned it to him as righteousness. Now we need to remember that when God spoke these words to Abraham, Abraham was getting up in the years, and so was his wife Sarah. And up to this point, they had remained childless. And to be childless in that day and time was a stigma. A childless couple in that time was considered to be cursed by God. So Abraham was considering taking things in his own hands and, and having a child with one of his slave girls. But that's when God took him outside and said, Look to the heavens, Abraham. Count the stars if you can. That will be like your offspring. And that's how the most lasting relationship in all of history began. The relationship between God and the descendants of Abraham. And of course, we are among the beneficiaries of that ancient promise. And you know, I, I can't help but to wonder if God could be speaking those same words to you and me today. Look to the heavens. For example, could God be saying to us, Look to the stars and count your opportunities, not your obstacles. You know, we all encounter a lot of obstacles in our lives, don't we? And some of those roadblocks along the way are just tiny little irritants, little bumps in the road. But, but others, others loom quite large in our lives. Economists point to the improvements in our economy over the past year, but there are still a lot of people struggling just to get by, aren't they? Many of our, our young people have a new diploma in their hand, but they can't find a job anywhere. 
War is still claiming the lives of many of our young men and women and separating their families. And many businesses, small and large, have failed. They say that inflation is not yet a problem, yet for for many people, just getting by is becoming harder and harder. And and some of us are dealing with issues relating to to our health or, or with aging. Our obstacles seem to be unending. And if we were to to fixate upon the problems and the hardships surrounding our lives, we probably would want to simply grab a security blanket, sit in a corner, put our thumb in our mouths, and not move. There was a Peanuts cartoon a while back, speaking of security blankets. Linus, Charlie Brown, were walking in the woods And so Linus, holding his security blanket, poses a question to Charlie Brown. He said, if you have some problem in your life, do you believe that you should try to to solve it right away or think about it for a while? And so as they sit down by a log, Charlie Brown says, oh, think about it. By all means, I believe you should think about it for a while. And then when they started walking again, Linus asked, to give yourself time to do the right thing about the problem? And Charlie Brown replies, no, to give the problem time to go away. Well, that's one way to deal with life, to just wait for things to change on their own and wait and hope that our problems will simply go away. And sometimes that may work, but but what if your problems don't change? What if your problems don't go away? With that philosophy, you could be sitting there with your security blanket for a long, long time. And so I wonder, could it be that, that some of the things that, you, that we are counting as obstacles in our lives could really be opportunities in disguise? Could be. There was a strange report from the Philippines a while back. Officials in Manila decided that that they're going to try to reduce the number of disease-carrying insects in the city. And so they offered a bounty of 1.5 pesos, and it's about six cents in U.S. dollars, for every 10 cockroaches that, they turned, that people turned in. Well, so this, this gave rise to a, a, a booming industry. Now think about this. They were, in, they were encouraging people to catch cockroaches and turn them into the government and get money for it. And so a booming industry developed from this, cockroach farming. Enterprising people started raising cockroaches in order to turn them in for cash. Pretty ingenious, huh? There's a good example of turning an obstacle into an opportunity, huh? And that may be a little bit extreme, but but what we don't want to do when we are confronted with an obstacle in our lives is to give up. We don't want to do that. Instead, we should look up to the heavens and, and count the stars. And as we do that, we count our op- opportunities and not dwell on the obstacles that we face. Because God is faithful. And God is always with us. Or maybe God could be saying to us to look for some blessings in the midst of our burdens. You know, sometimes God places blessings in the most unlikely of places. Uh, Ronald uh, Mandel tells about taking his family to their favorite store to get what he calls a humongous ice cream cone for a really cheap price. And So they all placed their orders, the family all placed their orders, and four-year-old Heather was last. So she ordered a a cherry ice cream cone, and and the clerk put two huge scoops of cherry ice cream on the top of the cone there, and, and suddenly Heather realized that she had made a mistake. She really wanted a strawberry instead of a cherry. But since the clerk had already made the the cherry cone, Ronald told Heather that she was going to have to eat the cherry. And he also reminded her that cherry and strawberry pretty much taste the same anyway, but this four-year-old thought differently than that. And 
So she refused to eat that cherry ice cream cone and she began to cry and to whine and telling him that she didn't want it and she was not going to eat it. And I imagine some of you have probably been there with a four-year-old before. Uh, her sister even offered to give her her strawberry ice cream cone to Heather, but, but Heather wouldn't take that either, so her father told her that if she wouldn't eat that cherry ice cream cone, that she wouldn't get any ice cream at all, and that her dad would eat her cone and his. Well, Heather still refused, and so Ronald was stuck with two ice cream cones and a daughter who was whiny and, and upset. And, and on the way to the car, they got so frustrated with each other. On the way to the car, he, he told her that she was now going to get a spanking. And so both of them were frustrated with each other. And they were making a bigger deal of this than it, than it was, was really necessary. And Ronald says, thank goodness for my wife. <laughs> she was able to calm Heather down as well as him. And they finally left there with all of them enjoying their ice cream cones. But Ronald says that he often reflects on that incident and he's learned some interesting things from it. And he asks, how many times has God wanted to bless me? And I refused it because it was the wrong flavor. I insisted on having it my way. And because of that, I lose the blessing altogether. You know, Ronald is right there. Because sometimes God places blessings in our lives in the most unlikely places. The places that we would least expect those blessings to come from. And that's where we receive it. Donald, uh, Dalton Roberts, uh, in a recent newspaper column, told about a mentally handicapped person in his family. And, and this family member calls Dalton Dada. And Roberts doesn't give the handicapped person's name, but he does say that his love is one of the most potent healers in my life. Roberts recalls a time when he was feeling quite alone and down and depressed, and he was staring out the window at the rain, and quiet, slow tears were were creeping down his face when suddenly an arm was around his shoulders and a voice was saying, don't cry, Dada, I still love you. On another occasion, Roberts had, had gone through a painful breakup with a lady who he just adored and he received these he healing words. He said, don't worry, Dada, I think I'm going to keep you. And then while he, they were taking a trip by car together, Robert started singing to stay awake. And, so, and he realized that his, his voice was not very pleasant. And so he apologized. And, and the reply came, that's okay, Dada. To me, you can do no wrong. And Robert says, if one person in the world feels that you can do no wrong, what more can you expect out of life? And then Robert says, Maybe mentally handicapped persons have limitations of the mind, but there's no limitations of their heart. In fact, Robert suggests that we call them love-gifted people. Some of you may have experienced that before. Blessings from unexpected places. Some of you may be a caretaker for someone with limitations of some sort. Or maybe someone who is ill, someone who is aging. And, and there may be some other circumstances in your life that place a huge burden on your shoulders. But let me ask you this. Can you find a blessing even in the midst of that burden? Look up to the heavens and count the stars. God says to us, count your opportunities and don't focus on the, the barriers and roadblocks and obstacles that you face. Look for the blessings hidden even in the midst of your, of your burdens. And then finally, God may be saying to us, look to your maker and not to the mess that we find in our lives. I think Abraham was a prime example of this because 
Abraham confronted many, many challenges in his life, and, and we all face challenges in our lives, but the, the only time when Abraham was really in distress were those times when he forgot the covenant that God had made with him. As long as he remembered that covenant with God, he could handle anything that life threw at him. And my friends, I think that's the way it is with us as well. If we remember the covenant that God has with us, we can handle anything. On Saturday, December the 10th, 2005, comedian Richard Pryor died of a heart attack just a few days after his 65th birthday. Pryor had been ill for many years with multiple sclerosis, and Pryor had perhaps the, the biggest name in stand-up comedy during the 1970s. He earned many Grammy Awards for his comedy albums, and, and in addition to appearing in, in almost 40 films, Pryor also was a part of the team that created the script for Mel Gibson's, uh, I mean Mel Brooks' movie, Blazing Saddles. But despite all of those achievements, on the screen and on stage and, and all of this, one of the things that Pryor is, is most remembered for is seriously burning his body, over half of his body, from uh, freebasing cocaine. When he recovered from that tragic accident, he appeared on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show, and in his conversation with Carson, this is what he said. He said that he learned that when you are seriously ill, suddenly money is not that important anymore. And he said, all I could think of was to call on God. And he said, I didn't call on Bank of America once. All I could think of was to call on God. You know something? He's right. I hope, I, I, it looks like Richard Pryor learned something from that incident, and I hope that he did, and, and hopefully it's something that, that you and I can learn as well. And here it is. Life has many challenges. But here's the good news for you today. If we stay focused on our covenant relationship with Jesus Christ, then we're going to be okay. So look up to the heavens. Count the stars if you can. And as you do that, count your opportunities and don't dwell on those obstacles that you face. Look to the blessings that are hidden in the midst of the the hardships in your life, and, and focus on God, our Creator, and not on the mess that we find ourselves in. That's what faith is all about. And remember, it was by faith that Abraham was justified. And in the same way, it is by faith that our lives will be victorious. Thank goodness for our faith in God. Because without that, I don't know about you, but I could never make it. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the moving of God's Holy Spirit in your life. We're going to sing a hymn of response, number 307, Just As I Am. And there may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never done that before. And we invite you to make that commitment. And I will promise you that it is that relationship with Jesus Christ that gives us strength to face the hardships that we face day by day. I don't know how many people I have uh, been with in a hospital room or looking over a grave, and those people have not said to me, I don't know how I would get through this if it were not for God. That's what God can do in our lives. 
We all face obstacles. We all face hardships. We all face difficulties. That's a part of life. But the strength that we have to face those obstacles, that can come from our Lord. You may be facing obstacles now in your life. I don't know. You may be facing hardships and difficulties just getting through. God can help you. And God will help you if we remember that covenant relationship that God loves us more than anything else in the world. If you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, I hope you'll do that today. Or perhaps you're looking for a church to be a part of. We invite you to unite with our church as we seek God's face and seek God's strength for each of our lives. Or maybe you just need a time of prayer. We invite you to come and pray as we sing together number 307, just as I am. Would you come? Go with us, O God, in the shelter of your protection. Let us dwell in your presence this coming week so that we may be instruments for gathering your people through the respect and love that we show all who we meet. May we go in the courage that God goes with us, and may we go in him, knowing that all blessings and all strength comes from him to live our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.